I am excited to start the book of Galatians with you this morning. I, I have never preached through the book of Galatians, so this, this is new to me. But I believe that this book is foundational and crucial to all that we believe. Let me explain by telling you this. A couple weeks ago, I was watching the show 60 Minutes. In one of their segments, they were following a couple for 10 years from the diagnosis to the final stages of Alzheimer's. Carol was diagnosed back in 2008, and her husband, Mike, has been her caregiver. And every year, 60 Minutes has interviewed them both to show the devastating impact of Alzheimer's on each of them. And each year you can see Carol deteriorate to where she doesn't even know her husband's name. And then the next year, she doesn't even know her name. And then the next year, she can't even talk. It's a very emotional watch, not only for Carol's sake, but you can also see the decline in her caregiver husband, who was a former New York City cop. You feel for him and you watch his health decline as he goes through bouts of depression and he even becomes suicidal. And as his wife no longer speaks and barely moves, he says that he feels that Carol is gone. He knows that she's his wife, but she is now completely deteriorated, coming close to death. And when I saw that story, I thought to myself, what is true? If you get to a point in your life where your mind and your body are deteriorating, what is true? Or if you're caring for someone and you see them go through this, maybe someone who's to take care of you, now you're taking care of them. What is true? And maybe you're going through something you've never gone through before in your entire life, and you feel like that your suffering is ramped up so high. What is true? And as I was thinking about that, I came to the conclusion, the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of extreme suffering to the point of death, is still true. Specifically, you, if you're a believer, you have an eternal relationship with a holy and loving God by grace alone, through faith alone, and the finished work of Christ alone. And no matter what you're going through, be sure you listen to me, no matter what you're going through, the gospel will hold. No matter what you're going through right now, the gospel will hold. Hold, And even if you get to a point where you're wasting away, the gospel will hold. And I believe this gospel, this good news is so true and significant that it is worth fighting for. It is worth fighting for the gospel of grace when I find my heart prone to wander. The gospel of grace is worth fighting for in each other's lives when we're tempted to believe lies. And the gospel grace is worth fighting for in our own church when deviant gospels try to infiltrate. And this fight, I believe it's a matter of eternal life or eternal death. 
And it's this fight for grace that we're going to see as we turn to the book of Galatians. Maybe you've studied the book of Galatians before. Perhaps it is new to you. And we know from the context, the Apostle Paul, he loved these churches. He planted in the region of Galatia. And he established them through preaching the gospel of grace, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But soon after he left, false teachers came in and started to infiltrate the church with another gospel. And Paul's main reason for writing this book can be seen in verse 6. Look at verse 6 of chapter 1. Paul says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Paul hadn't been gone too long before these believers returning from the gospel of grace to a different gospel. What is this different gospel? Let me put it to you this way. I've heard it said like this. There are three ways that people on this earth relate to God. Okay? Three ways relating to God. First way is the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ, grace alone, faith alone, finish Christ alone. That's what we believe at this church. But a second way that people relate to God is through irreligion. That's people want to be their own God, right? They want to reject God and live their own lives apart from God. But a third way that you will notice people wanting to relate to God is through religion. And that, by that we mean being moral and righteous so that you can earn your own salvation of God's acceptance. And it's that religion, it's that distortion of the gospel that we see in Galatians. For the false teachers are saying, sure, believe in Jesus, but also you need to add to Jesus in order for God to accept you. So they're not irreligious, and they're definitely not gospel. They are very religious because their salvation is all about self-salvation. And that is a distorted gospel. When you have people believing or talking about self-salvation, that gospel is no gospel at all, and it will lead straight to hell. And that's the kind of language that we hear from the Apostle Paul this morning. Now, as we go to these 10 verses, let me just break it down for you to keep it simple. Verses 1 through 5 talks about the gospel of grace. And verses 6 through 10 talks about the distorted gospel of self-salvation. And if you've been going to church for a long time, perhaps you believe that the gospel is for unbelievers. They need to believe the gospel. (laughs) Well, Paul's going to show us this morning the gospel is also for believers. You need to believe and embrace the gospel over and over again. We need this. So let's start with the gospel of grace. If you were going to explain the gospel of grace, here's how you would talk about it. Galatians 1.1, Paul, an apostle, sent from men, sent, not sent from men, nor through agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. As we can see here, the Apostle Paul is an an authoritative apostle just like the other 12. 
But it's not just a self-designation or chosen profession as he was bestowed this authority from Jesus Christ and God the Father who raises the dead. In other words, his commission and his gospel is not from man, but from God. Do you get this? The gospel of grace is not man's invention, but God's revelation. The gospel of grace is not man's invention, but God's revelation. In fact, notice if you want to jump down to verse 10, look what Paul says there. It says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. He continues, For what I have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Once again, the gospel of grace is not man's invention, but God's revelation. If human beings were going to make up some way to get to God, I guarantee you we would focus on us being the hero, wouldn't we? That's, that's a story that we would make up. We are the hero working our way to get back to God. In all my evangelism and talking to unbelievers throughout the years, I have rarely talked to an unbeliever who said that they are so horrible that they are going to hell no matter what. Usually when I talk to unbelievers, they tell me "Ah, they're not so good, but they're kind of good and they're good enough to work their way to heaven because there's something in the human heart that feels like we got this. We're not as bad as we, everybody says we are. We're okay and we can get in good with God. But I want to give you God's revelation of the gospel. And here it is. You are more wicked than you ever dared believe, and yet more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than you ever dared hope. I'm going to say it again. You are more wicked than you ever dared believe, and yet more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than you ever dared hope. We would never make up a story that so completely demonstrates our depravity and inability and puts the rescue operation totally on God. But that is the gospel of grace. Let this gospel explode as we continue through these verses. Verse 2. Paul says, And all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us from the pre- this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. If you notice that Paul wants grace for them and peace for them with the holy God, which only comes through the gospel of grace. And this centrality of the gospel of grace, if you notice, if you want to continue to look down in verse 4, the centrality of the gospel of grace is substitutionary atonement, where it says that Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. Isn't it amazing that the gospel we proclaim is that the Son of God died on the cross in our place to rescue us from the wrath of God? 
And not only to rescue us from the wrath of God, but also notice that he's here to, verse 4 again, rescue us from this present evil age. Which means believers are now under the realm and rule of Christ and not the evil one. Who, who thought up this rescue operation? Who, who thought this up? I didn't invent this. This is strictly through the grace and faith and it's designed, once again, verse 4, according to the will of our God and Father. This is God's ordained plan of rescue. There is no other. Salvation comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in the finished work of Christ alone. A person is reconciled to a holy God through faith in the finished work of Jesus. It is a gift of grace to be received by faith without a trace of human effort. And some of you will say, well, what about faith? Is faith a work? No, faith is not a work. When someone gives me a gift, I just take it. That's grace. I receive it. And here's the gospel. I repent and I trust in Christ. It is grace. I receive the gift. You receive the gift through faith. It's all about grace. And that's the good news. And the title of this message, I don't know if anybody ever looks at titles of sermons, but just in case you did, the title of the message is Grace to You, Glory to God. Because look at verse 5. To whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Why does God receive all the glory, honor, and praise for the way he has saved us? Because it's all his work. If you're claiming that you can add to your own salvation, it's stealing the glory from God and putting it upon yourself. Yet he receives all the praise and glory for it is his work through his son Jesus. Now, we were just rejoicing in the gospel is what we're doing. And you would think that Paul, like most of his letters, he starts thanking God for them. He scraps that part. <laughs> He's not thankful for them right now. In fact, he goes right into the rebuke because they're starting to believe this distorted gospel of self-salvation. And that's what we're going to see here in verse 6. Look at verse 6. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Who's doing this? Who are these people? Some have called them the circumcision group. Some have called them the Judaizers. Somehow they've infiltrated the churches in Galatia and they're saying, believe in Jesus, but also keep the Old Testament law. You need to be circumcised, you need to keep the dietary commands, and you need to obey certain Sabbaths and holy days in order to be pleasing to God, in order to be justified before God. And, and they are disturbing and troubling the Galatians. Look at it this way. Jesus rescued the Galatians, and now these Judaizers are trying to put them back into bondage. And the Galatians were in danger of being deceived and switching teams. Maybe you moved here to Arkansas and switched your allegiance to the Razorbacks from wherever you came from. 
or not. <laughs> I'm a big Northwestern fan uh, up there in Chicago as many of the students and athletes were a part of my last church. I am not taking off my Northwestern jersey and now putting on my Arkansas jersey. But like a good pastor, I will wear both. I will cheer for both and hope they will never face each other. They certainly won't this year as they both are off to a terrible start. But I can cheer for both. Why not? But with Jesus, you can't do that. You can't wear Team Jesus jersey and Team Works jersey. It can't be done. <laughs> I hope that for those of you who are here this morning, you think, well, you're just kind of just being kind of nitpicky or just kind of nuancing things. And sure, we have all these different religions, all these different denominations. Are you just kind of just, just really trying to do a gray matter? No, no, you, you, you cannot add stuff to Jesus for salvation. And I'm not making this up. Paul says, and we're about to read it, if you do that, you will go to hell. Read it. Verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again. Now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Paul's saying that those who distort the gospel are condemned to hell. To be accursed is to be doomed for destruction and headed for the eternal wrath of God. Paul goes as far to say that even if an angel preaches a contrary message, let the judgment of God fall on him. If a man does it, if a woman does it, this deviant gospel, let God's wrath fall on him. Paul's like, even me, look at verse eight. But even if we, even if we do it, if we preach to you a gospel contrary to what you have preached, he's a curse. There's no need to be polite. There's no need to be sensitive when the gospel is at stake. If false teaching infiltrates the church, then we must aggressively call it out. Self-salvation through law-keeping or moralism is a distorted gospel. Keep in mind this, okay? Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. That is a different gospel. And Paul says it is not really a gospel at all. It really is not Jesus does his part and then I do my part and hopefully in the end it will all work itself out. No, no. <laughs> Here's how it works. You do all the sinning and Jesus does all the saving. The true gospel says Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You need a rescue that you can't pull off. Jesus provides the rescue. But these teachers in Galatia have distorted it. 
and the Galatians are tempted to buy in. And do you ever wonder, what is it about my heart, your heart, the human heart, that removes so quickly from grace to works to legalism and earning? If I could be at your house someday and watch you secretly and how you interact, my guess is that so many of your relationships are built upon works and earning favor. And maybe you were raised in a home like that where you had to earn love. You had to behave right and earn love. There was no love unless you were doing right. And now as you've grown up, you, you make people perform to your standards before you'll love and accept them. And what that does, that messes up your thinking about God. And so I really want to ask you a question. Do you obey to get God to accept and love you? Or do you obey because you are already loved and accepted? I'm going to ask you again. Do you obey to get God to accept and love you? Or do you obey because you are already loved and accepted? You see, I try to accept and love my children no matter their performance. And I am a flawed dad, believe me. I love them. And I want them to perform well. And I want them to perform well not to receive my love, but to please me out of being loved. I think about my daughter, Jordan. She had a volleyball game this week. She's in ninth grade in Fountain Lake. And I don't think she's on the court thinking, if I don't spike this ball, my dad's not going to love me. Hopefully, you're not thinking that, Jordan, right? (laughs) Hopefully, she knows I love her. And I want to rejoice with her if she spikes it and be with her if it doesn't work out so well. Because you have a relationship with God where God's just following you around. It's like, I'm going to smack you around if you mess up. And if you want me to love you, you better do your thing because I'm not going to love you. What kind of relationship is that? Yes, we repent of sin. Yes, we confess. Yes, we have this relationship with God. But it's not like God is saying, if you want me to love you, you better behave. No, we obey because we already have his love in Christ Jesus. So you have this week coming up, and I want you to, I just, just, I want to give you just a couple questions to think about this week, kind of some self-awareness questions. I think part of theology is understanding yourself better. So let me give you a couple self-awareness questions, all right? Number one, do you relate to God and to others out of grace? I really want you to think about this. And your interactions with God, are you trying to gain his favor so that he'll save you? Or do you already have his favor in Christ and now you want to obey? I really think this is going to impact the way that you treat others. Pay attention. How do you treat others? Do you operate out of grace or out of law? And the second question, I'm not going to answer it for you because I want you to figure out yourself, is how can you hold firm to the gospel of grace? I mean, I could just throw out this, this, this cool quote. Okay, this is a really cool quote from an old preacher named Charles Spurgeon. He said, 
Cling tightly with, with, to the gospel. Cling tightly with both your hands. When they fail, catch hold with your teeth. And if they give way, hang on by your eyelashes. I love old quotes like that. They're so inspiring, but I have no idea what it means. What does it mean right now, right? What does it mean for you this week to hold firm to the gospel of grace? Really think about moralism. Moralism is work for your salvation. It's the way the world functions. But Christianity says work from your salvation. Work from your salvation. Remember, Jesus plus anything equals nothing. And Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Now, I was thinking about this book. It's just an explosion of grace. But you know what? You know what? Galatians is just not a rebuke to legalists. I think Galatians is also good news to prodigals. It's not just for Pharisees, but it's also for prodigals. One of the things that I've noticed as I've been interacting with many people in the area is there are some people who have a story of at one time perhaps walking with the Lord and they've totally bailed. And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you never walked with the Lord. Maybe you're irreligious, maybe you're religious, maybe... You scream at God. Maybe you're far from God. Maybe somehow you ended up at church here this morning. Someone brought you. But right now, you are not walking with the Lord. And you're wondering if this message could be for you. And often over the years, when people come to church and they, 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 they know they're, they're a sinner and they're wondering what are they supposed to do, the church often complicates it. If you're here this morning, we don't want to complicate it for you. You're wondering, what must I do? Often we just complicate it. I I, I compare it to the way we turn on our TVs. Like if I went to your house right now, my brothers, without you there, could you tell me how to turn on your TV? Anybody have these complicated TVs? You got several remotes. You got to push the right button. And if I want to watch your TV, can you tell me what to do? What if I want to watch a DVD? <laughs> That's another thing altogether. You don't even know how to do that. Yeah? Well, so I moved into this house. And let's say Pastor Jim wants to come over and watch golf which I'll, I won't watch on TV. I can't even play it. But let's say Pastor Jim wants to watch golf. And I say, Pastor Jim, come on over. I'm going to tell you how to turn my TV on. Now, I'm not joking. When we moved into our house, we had a TV already there, embedded into the fireplace, never to be moved again. I can't, we can't get it out, and I had no idea how to turn it on. There was no remote for the TV, and we could never get the TV out of there ever unless the house gets demolished. So... This is the way, Pastor Jim, you need to turn on my TV. Apparently, you need to take this old direct TV remote and be sure you push the right button. This one right here, I'll show you. You better write this down. Yeah. That's the way you turn on the TV. But if you turn the TV on, not going to do any good. Just kind of blank screen. So what you need to do next, you need to take this other direct TV remote to turn on the signal. 
We've never had DirecTV before. Where we live, we can't even get antenna service, so you gotta have this. Better push the right button. You push the wrong button, you mess everything up. After you use those two remotes, then Pastor Jim, you gotta use this one because you won't have sound without this one. And you better push the right button because if you don't push the right button, you won't have sound. And if you at any point along the way you push the wrong button, you'll mess it all up, all right? See you later playing golf, watching golf at my house. That's what people often feel when they come to church, that they have to jump through hoops to walk with God. And if you're here this morning and you've not been walking with God, you're prodigal, you're thinking, what am I supposed to do? It's a simple message. We're not trying to get you to jump through hopes because here's the reality. If you've thought you've messed up and if you've thought you've really ruined your life, I just want to assure you, I want to assure you that you are far more wicked than you ever dared believe. You're worse than what you think. It's true. But this is where the good news of the gospel comes in. Through faith in Christ, you can be more loved and accepted than you ever dared believe. That's the good news. And if you are that prodigal, the one that's run away from God, this morning you can turn from your running and put your faith in Jesus and be forgiven receive grace and you'll have a family here that will love you and encourage you.